Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Test Talks and Sometimes Listens podcast. Uh, I am getting a little more comfortable with this, but it's still kind of kind of foreign to me, and I usually put a bit of an effort into saying something before we start, but I am a little too excited to start, so we're going to jump right on in today. And I'm going to tell you about who I have on the show. My guest today is a bright and talented young man whose time in the Colorado theater scene briefly intersected with my own. Um, Because of that, I have had the immense privilege of watching him grow up and discover who he is. He is a walking, talking example of why people should dare to ask questions. And he now bravely urges others to think for themselves and discover their own way in the world. So please welcome my kind, sweet, loving friend, Ben Welch. Ben, hello and welcome. Hello, my friend. Oh, I'm so excited to be talking to you. Yes, me as well. I, I miss hearing your voice. Oh, well, we're going to record it, so... <laughs> well, sweet. Now I have something to listen to. You can, you can... sleep at night. Yeah. It's going to be perfect. Just, just our conversation again <laughs> and again. It's yeah. just going to be great. Yeah, it's great. Um, Give us a little mini history on, uh, on who Ben Welch is and where he came from, please. Wow. Um, ben Welch. Um, I, uh, I'm a, I'm a pastor. I think that's that's where I'll start. Um, I uh, was raised in the church uh, pretty pretty intensely. Went to a um, private evangelical Christian school, pre-K through my senior year of high school. Okay. All fourteen years in the same little square. So much fun. Yeah, a, a bubble. Yeah, yeah, really a bubble. Can um, you can you define like just for my own sake as well, like? Your your dad was a pastor. Like what? How yeah. is, is what? It, I don't. There's a preacher. There's a reverend. I don't. I don't know the difference. Sure. I think. I think all the all the titles are pretty interchangeable. Honestly, okay. um, they might hold certain like hierarchy to, depending on who you're asking. But to me, they're interchangeable. Okay. So your dad was the one. Like, did he teach at your school, or did he did he preach at your school? Uh, so my parents planted a church, um, so they, they were part of a, a larger, like, congregation, um, and then them and a group of, like, I don't know, eight to ten people, um, decided to plant a new church, um, my dad's the senior pastor of that church. Oh, wow. And okay. my mom's the worship pastor of the church, so. Okay. I was, uh, <laughs> very heavily involved, uh, from, I mean, I was, they planted the church when I was, like, ten. So. Okay, yeah, super involved your whole life then. Yes. Okay, um, and tell me about your experience with your religion in the past, like, couple of years. And we'll definitely get more into it, but just kind of a, a yeah. nut- nutshell. Um, well, there's this, this term uh, kind of floating around, um, millennial speak, and it's called deconstruction. I think a lot of people may have heard it. Okay. Um, and it's kind of, in, in like a sentence or less, it just means, like, a radical change of the way you view, view the world. Okay. And uh, I think I've been in this slow process since early high school, but like have finally given myself the the freedom to actually feel the things that I'm feeling over the last I don't know nine months maybe. 
Okay. Well, I would just like I would just tell you that I think it takes some people lifetimes to give themselves the freedom to feel what they're feeling. So, oh, yeah. so you you just said, well, I'm finally feeling what I'm feeling. <laughs> uh, I, I think you're good in that regard. I think you are totally, totally on an okay track and timeline. Not that there's any such thing as a right timeline for self discovery. Well, I mean, it does feel like a lifetime. Fair. Well, it has been your lifetime. That's yes. fair. That's fair. Okay. Um, so deconstruction. I actually haven't, yeah. haven't heard that word before, but I like, um, I like the word itself. Just like, like taking things apart and checking. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like a, um, a pause to, to take it, take it apart piece by piece and see like, no, nah, this, this piece doesn't need to be here anymore. Well, I think... I know I don't... I don't like this piece. This piece can, can go away. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and this piece is wonderful, and I love it. Exactly. But, but it's yeah. good to, to check and make sure that it's it's there because you want it there, not because someone else put it there when you were distracted. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, or or too impressionable to, to question in the first place. Sure. Sure. So I guess um, to get a little more specific about this, do you... Do you currently define yourself as a Christian? I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I, that word holds so much weight. It does. In like, it does. In, in, the, in the Western, like in the American context, right? Yeah. So, so no, I don't. Um, I like, I, I still try to try to follow the teachings of Jesus. Um, and I like that. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of Christian dumb is bullshit. So <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Um, no. Okay. So I, I can actually definitely relate to that. Um, like I had a really hard time and this is going to sound insane because I'm like such a, so gun ho about this now, but I, I did have a, a hard time like defining as a feminist for a really long time. Sure. And, and that's because like, I didn't want like, it felt like there was this association with that word where it was like, oh, my life's mission is to shit all over men. <laughs> and, and that's never, like, feminism to me has always been the true definition of nobody is discriminated against based on their gender. And that means oh, yeah. rights for men, too. It's an equality movement, right? So, so I liked what the movement was and I liked how I defined it and I wanted to be heavily attached to that, but I didn't want people to project on me through what they have kind of turned that word into, you know? Sure, sure. Is or, that, to, or to put you in a box with, with anybody else, right? Exactly. Is that, I mean, is that kind of the same, the same thing? Oh like, yeah, spot on. With the spot word on. Christian? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like I, I, I like what it, what it means to me, but I know that what it means to me is so different from what like the rest of the world sees it. Right. Well, but, like I, I don't want to call myself it cause I don't, I don't want all these other uh, assumptions about who I am yes. or, or I don't yes. want people to think that I'm some religious bigot. Right. Well, let's, let's start there. Let's start with what you don't like about it. Oh gosh. The, <laughs> the, oh man. That is, that is a lot. I know. <laughs> um, you know, I think, I think the, Kind of the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, as it expressed to me, um, was honestly watching watching the 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 church, and I'll say like church means a couple of different things to me. You know, it, it means like 
I could be talking about a specific church, or I could be talking about the church. Does that make sense? Like the distinction? Yes. Yes. Like the church in the broader sense is like everyone under the umbrella of Christianity. Yes. Okay. And so, so the, the kind of the last straw for me was, was watching the, the church and their uh, obsession with, with Trumpism. Ah. Um, and so the, the 2016 election was, was kind of that, like, oh, yeah, no, I don't like these people anymore. Okay. Like, there's there's some, some pretty dramatic cognitive dissonance. Can and you... I think that's... Go for it. Yeah, I just... Can you be more specific? Like, what about, like, their policy or viewpoints sure. did, you, did you not agree with? Um, you know, uh, Christians claim to, claim to worship a all-inclusive loving savior yeah, right? yeah. this this badass who's like no let's let's not throw stones let's just stop and let's love people love thy neighbor right that's exactly, like the whole exactly. thing yeah the, the, this is this is the greatest commandment i leave, I leave to you love, love your neighbor as yourself yep right yep and and yet they most the, the jesus that i i read in the gospels and the jesus that i was seeing lived out by those claiming his name were so dramatically different that, okay. like, there's, you know, there's just <laughs> such a disconnect. Yes. Here. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, um, we, we really do nowadays, like, we're kind of encouraged to like quickly define enemies, right? It's like figure out what your label is. And then anyone who has a different label, like that's bad and you're on a different side than them. And you should surround yourself in a bubble of people who just believe your things, you know? Um, and I think, I think that's a really unhealthy behavior and it sounds like you kind of realize that too. Yeah. I think something else that kind of, kind of helped me, helped push me in that direction was, was seeing uh, with inside of at least the school I went to, um, I think inside of a lot of evangelicalism, there's this like demonizing of the LGBTQ community. Yeah. And and I spent a lot of years in the professional theater world. I, and I know. have so many queer friends. Yeah. And I was like watching them love me and love each other. Yeah. Like Christ told us to do. Absolutely. And then watching my Christian friends be like, no, they're going to hell. Was, yeah, you know what I mean? I know exactly what yeah. 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 Oh, uh, yes. Um, yes. So this, uh, so that part, because you have been in theater, like, most of your life. Um, is that correct? Performing in some sense. In some sense, yeah, totally. Okay, so you have been exposed to the LGBTQ community for the better part of a decade, at least. Yeah, for sure. Um, so did, was that ever... Was that ever a problem, like, within within your church or within your family? Both of my, both of my parents are, are theater nerds. Um, they actually <laughs> both also teach theater in oh. addition to being pastors. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so, so never any awkwardness there, but totally at the school I went to. Okay. Totally at the school I went to. Sure. So you had, like, you, you always had hints of this. Um, but then yeah. sort of as it, as it escalated into the 2016 election and, and, um, we put this homophobic, racist, misogynistic guy in office, um, yeah. kind of, that was like, that was the aha moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the, the, the Christianity's response to, to Trump to, to worship him like a savior, I know, and, uh, and, uh, 
Man, he's, he's equated to Jesus so many times. I've heard quotes like, Donald Trump saved Christianity. And, <laughs> and it just... It, what? What do you... I mean, what it... Because I can answer this question, but I think you're much more qualified to answer the question. What do you think Jesus would think about Trump? I think I think Jesus would would love Donald Trump. I think he would try really hard to love Donald Trump, and it would probably come natural to to Jesus, right? Yeah, um, yeah, sure. But we we saw in, in, we see inside the Gospels how how Jesus responds to um, people using the law to oppress other people, right? Right. It's, we, it's, you know, if, go for it. Well, I, uh, yeah, it's um love thy neighbor and i think it's it's especially hard or are, are those that it's hard like it's it's what am i trying to say like somebody love, love your neighbors <laughs> and pray for those who persecute you right? yes exactly and and it's sometimes it's the hardest to do that for the people that need your love the most oh yeah, yeah and i and i definitely agree that he would that he would like, you know, greet him with open arms like he does for everyone. Um, but there's also a line uh, where where like your behavior goes crosses a line and starts affecting or oppressing other people. And, oh hell yeah! And that's a different thing. Yeah, I mean, Jesus sat in the in the temple and made a whip to beat people out because they were using it to, you know, they turned the temple into a merchant place. He he. Oh. literally beat people out of the temple like yo don't turn the, the house of god into, into this yeah this is the house of prayer okay <laughs> so knows, maybe, maybe jesus would have had the same response to, to a donald trump i like that analogy it's it's like give ever give everyone a chance but um but it's also okay to <laughs> don't don't let them push other people around yeah there's there's such a thing as righteous righteous anger righteous anger okay Fair. Definitely fair. Um, how do you how do you feel about we talked about how you felt about like the word Christian, but how do you feel about the word God? It's small. It's small. Oh I love that. Tell me more. Um, you know, I think the uh the Judeo Christian God I was handed for forever, um is is tiny. And uh, to quote one of my favorite uh authors and social media extraordinaires, uh, Kevin Garcia, they said, um, I'm sorry your God is so small that they're limited to 66 books and a penis. <laughs> I love it. Who said that? What was Kevin that? Garcia. Kevin Garcia. Follow. They're wonderful. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. And it's so true. Yeah, I think, you know, it's we're not in our dual dual thinking like way to to try to put things into boxes, right? Yeah. And when we put God in a box, like you're making it not God anymore. It, yes, that destroys exactly what it's supposed to be. If we understood the the mystery and we understood the if we understood it all, what why would why would God be God? Yeah, that oh. makes makes it tiny. I love that. That's such a a perfect answer. Is that the word God feels small? Um, I think I I go back and forth. I kind of use like the the less popular opinion depending on who I'm with. Like if I'm with um if I'm with people who are 
very religious, I kind of tend to lean more towards words like the universe or the powers that be or, you know, just like, but I I mean, I still make reference, like I'm a very spiritual person and I still reference that. Um, And then when I'm talking to people who are maybe more like atheist or agnostic in views, that's when I actually do kind of tend to like use the word God more. So I think I'm just kind of like a rebel. (laughs) I'm just like always using like the word to try to get people to think about it in a different way. Yeah, you just kind of challenge people. I dig it. Yeah. Um, But to me, it's all the same thing. Love, God, the universe. Um, There's, there's a lot of synonyms. And and personally, I I don't even know um, what I really connect to, but um, I love your answer that the word God feels feels too small for God. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's three syllables. Right? It's three. It's three, it's three, three letters, letters, right? Yeah. Do you yeah. do you have another word or a, a substitution? I like to to use the phrase the divine. The divine. That's a great one. Uh, I think another another kind of piece on the same the same track that's happened since my deconstructive deconstruction is. No longer using he him pronouns for the divine. Yes. Because mm-hmm. I mean, the the former Christian in me is like, okay, let's take you to the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I'll go and I'll look at um, if, if you look at the the Hebrew text of the Old Testament, okay, they're not the the word Yahweh and any pronouns they use for Yahweh are not exclusively male. They use they them pronouns. They use her or she her pronouns often. It's only when it's translated into English, because English is a patriarchal language, that we get that transition where we yeah. like defer to the male when it comes to power, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. if you, who did the translating? A bunch of old white dudes. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. the answer right there. But so, so you're saying the the Jewish word or the Hebrew word for God is Yahweh, which is in the Old Testament, and that word doesn't have gender pronouns associated with it at all. I don't. I don't know that necessarily the the, the phrase Yahweh. I don't want to like misspeak, but sure, you know more than I do. But I'm often, not. I'm not expecting. Often in the in the Old Testament, they refer to God. I mean, the the Hebrew God is is Yahweh. That's like their name for him. Okay. Um, but they they use they them and she her pronouns often. Wow. I mean, but it's it's in Hebrew, obviously. So yep. like, yeah. Yep. But yeah. then when, when the people who were in power translated it into English and carried it into today's church services, they attached it to their own pronouns, which were undeniably he and him. Mm-hmm. And, and they've been, it's, it's not just that. There are so many pieces of the Bible that have been fucked with for, yeah. for literally hundreds of years. Huh. You know, the, the, the verse that, that comes to my mind right now, uh, there's a verse in Leviticus that homophobes like to throw out. It's like, a uh, man delay with another man. It's an abomination or whatever. Okay. The word in there that, that our English translation says homosexuality wasn't added to the Bible until the 1940s. Oh my god. The, the words used there and the words used by Paul in the New Testament are referring to most likely pedophilia. And, and other forms of abuse. It's, it has nothing to do with, like, a, a consensual same-sex relationship. Wow. Because they didn't understand that back then, right? Right, right. So, yeah. Wow. We, we've just decided to, to fit God into this tiny-ass little box mm-hmm. and, and use him to oppress people. 66 books and a penis. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that is, I mean, it's, it's so sad when, when a concept... 
the concept of love itself, of God itself, is taken and and we pick and choose and manipulate to induce fear in people. Um, and, and we call that m- mercy? Yeah. Yeah. And, then, and, we, and we call that Jesus, right? We call that Jesus. <sighs> one, of, one of my... Um, one of my favorite uh, memes that you had reposted <laughs> was it was like a cartoon image of a crowd of people all like shoulder to shoulder huddled around the Bible. And then there was Jesus a few feet away and he was like waving his arms trying to get their attention and talk to them. And they were like holding out their hands like, oh, shut up, shut up. Like we're busy reading the Bible. <laughs> and that's such a, a perfect image. Yeah, yeah. Look at Pastor, the guy that, that drew that. He shares some of the most awesome, awesome stuff. Who, who is it stuff again? Like that. Naked Pastor. Naked Pastor. Kevin yeah, Garcia pastor and Naked of, Pastor. Uh, Melbourne, Australia, I believe. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I mean, I think I. It, it's so interesting how you have a very different background in childhood than I do. And we really kind of have the same beliefs and views. Yeah. (laughs) And we can call it different things or we can call it the same thing or, you know, anything in between. But, um, but we were raised to believe that we were different and we're not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Truth is truth regardless of what we're saying. That's, it's, that's very true. Um, how do you, how do you feel most connected to God now? Do you still go to church? Do you have a, a different spiritual practice that you can connect with? Uh, the, the pandemic was a wonderful excuse for me to stop going to church. Okay, fair enough. Um, so I haven't, I haven't been to, been to church since last February, I think. March, I don't know, something like that. Okay. Um, and that's so awesome. It's so good. There oh my go. god, it's so good. <laughs> good, um, good. Do you have something that you do like in lieu of church though? Um, I, I read a bit. I you know, I think I think the the divine is accessible all the time. Yes. You know, there's a okay, so you know the the feeling when you're listening to live music and like they strike a chord that's just badass and you're <laughs> you're like your spine tingles and you get goosebumps and hair stands up on your arms. Yes. That's oh, the yes. Holy Spirit, 100%. Mm-hmm. Oh. And so, so any time, any, any opportunity I, I have to, like, feel that way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to revel in that. Great. Great. So music, dancing, reading, yeah. singing. Art, the good stuff. Art, the good stuff. I, I you know, it. sex can be worship. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> You know, I think I think that's a that's a, a big piece for me to, to kind of like separate myself from from the, the purity culture that I was raised in. Sure, yeah. And, and be like, you know, I for a, a while, and I, you know, I was still like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go do this now. God, you stay out there, and that's not oh. healthy. You know, that, that just leads to like that reinforces the the whole shame aspect of of our sexuality. Which, why would God give us a sexuality if he didn't, like, expect that to be a joyful, loving part of our humanity? Hell yeah! (laughs) I mean, I can, we can, we can reference the, the clip 
doesn't have a have a, a reproductive purpose. It's it's just there for it's just it's just there to feel good absolutely absolutely I okay that's interesting um that's kind of something I hadn't thought about um is like that you said the shame the shame aspect like I was like we got to keep God out of the bedroom because that's that's a line that's too shameful for me and that's that seems to what I would imagine that would lend itself to what could be a much more toxic experience than allowing, allowing yourself to like sex is worship. I love that. Like it should be like God should be the divine should be a part of that experience just as much as anything else. Yeah. But I mean, I, at least being, being raised inside of, inside of purity culture. So intensely, like, we're, we're taught that that is that is only allowed to happen under these very explicit circumstances and like it's supposed to look exactly this way right so that way anytime you do anything else like just fucking masturbate anytime you do that you're just like oh no god hates me i'm sinning i'm going to hell but oh, like that's, fuck that that's such a horrible way to control people wow yes yeah, it's, it's abuse straight up uh yeah that um yeah, I don't I don't take that word lightly, but I would I would tend to agree with you on that one. Um yeah, sexuality is such a vastly beautiful, magical part of, of the human experience and I just oh, I yeah. can't I, I, I'm I can't sign on to any god who put that there just to tempt us and punish us. Yeah, yeah it's ridiculous. Interesting. <laughs> I don't I don't understand the the thought there. So like, let me just ask a clarifying question: Is sure. um in the in the purity culture, um, growing up with that mindset, like is is sex allowed to be enjoyable after marriage, or is sex only supposed to be for the purpose of reproduction? Oh uh, well, it would be different for me than it would be for you. Oh, oh, you're allowed to enjoy it, but I'm only supposed to reproduce. Yeah, totally. Uh-huh. That, why am I not surprised by that yeah, answer? you're supposed to submit, right? Yeah. It's only for me. Wow. Yeah. Wow, they tell you that? Oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I, I literally received zero sex education. My only sex ed was don't have sex. No, that's... And uh, although that is... Uh, okay, like... Just a, you know, devil's advocate, which is a very ironic <laughs> phrase to use in this conversation, but like abstinence does work as birth control. If sure. you really like it's kind of the most effective form of birth control. It, it, if you commit it's the most effective form of birth control from a personal standpoint, but not from like an educate the masses standpoint. Hell yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. Um Wow. One, well, and then it can be unsafe or unwanted. I mean, sex education has um, has actually taken like a really cool turn in the last like ten, even the last five years. Where now in sex ed classes they talk about like consent and what exactly that means and all that oh, stuff. And like, that's awesome. yeah, all of these things that like add to the sexual experience. Um, but but you can only have those conversations. If you have a sex ed class, like to begin with, yeah, you know, yeah, wow, Man, talking about consent in school. Wish I would have got that. In high I know, Fuck. I know. There's um, there's a couple of uh, boys that I used to babysit that uh, um, live in my parents' neighborhood, and my mom is uh, close with their mom, and uh, 
through that channel, uh, my mom ended up sharing with me like a, a YouTube video that the boys had just seen. I think they're maybe freshmen, sophomore in high school now, um, that they had been shown in their sex ed class. And it was it was all about consent. And it explained it in this like beautiful metaphor yes. of like making tea for somebody. Uh, oh, my God. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Like they, they, yes. these kids saw that in school. That's so good. That's what I, we I saw should that be. At, like, my my freshman orientation at UNC, but I didn't. I didn't get any of that in high school. Hey, better late awesome. than never. I like that they were showing it to you at college too. I I want everyone to see that. Oh, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a great video. But if you haven't seen, if you're listening and you haven't seen like the consent metaphor, consent. Well, what am I trying to say? <laughs> it's like it's like uh, a like, metaphor like, for consent, but it's like making tea. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but look it up on YouTube. It's, it's totally worth seeing. <laughs> um, okay. So, so we have kind of established, uh, several times that mainstream present day Christianity, Western Christianity is, um, like predominantly male focused, male centric. Oh, yeah. Um, do you think you can be a Christian and be a feminist? Depends on who you're asking. Well, you you can be a Christian and be a feminist, so I guess you're living proof of that. I mean, I think Jesus was a feminist. So <laughs> if you wanna if you wanna like be a Christ follower, like Christians are supposed to be, yeah. you should probably be a fucking feminist. Mm, I'm I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> yeah. It's um yeah, it's almost like you know how parents like sometimes the parenting like the bad parenting philosophy is like do as I say, not what I do. Like, yeah. that's not what Jesus was trying to do, but that's how we're reacting. Oh, totally. Interesting. Okay, so... You I wrote were... this, this poem a while ago that kind of feels that, or hits that same phrase. It's like, um, I, I know that you, you uh, uh, calling out our, our, our people, I, I know that you know the know our, our, our call. Why have you, like, excused yourself? You know, we, we, we know... You, I was told so many times in school, love your neighbor, love your neighbor, yep. love your neighbor. Now, none of these people are loving their neighbor. Right. Right. Do you understand that you're not following your own directions here? Yeah. I, I have to just believe that they don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't, because nothing else makes sense to me is that they just truly are blind to the fact that they're not doing that. Because it's, it's what they preach in every way. Um. But then the, the, their daily actions and daily choices and um, the way that they show up in the world and the way that they show up in the election polls um, yeah. doesn't, doesn't say the same thing that they are preaching. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, do you want to share your poem with me? You don't have to read it right now, but do you want to send it to me and I'll, I'll put it on the blog? Yeah, totally. I can totally send it to you. Uh, you guys can find, by the time this episode is published, you can find Ben's poem on the blog at ourlittlecharm.com. Yay! Heck yeah! Um, thank you. Yeah, oh my gosh, thank you. Um, okay, so I think this is the same answer. Like, you can't. you can, if you are a Christ follower, not necessarily under the projected domain of Christian in the Western rigid sense we've been talking about. But if you're a Christ follower, you can be a feminist. You can be uh, an ally for Black Lives Matter. You can be an ally to the LGBTQ community. Like all of that is possible. 
I'd, I'd argue you have to be. <laughs> oh, that's even better. But because Jesus is or would be. Hell yeah. Do people do people really think Jesus was white? Dude, I don't understand. It's <laughs> art and oh, it blows my mind. <laughs> I uh, this podcast I found a while ago. Um, hey, released the best merch. Um, but I got this this shirt that literally just says, "What color is your Jesus?" And it's it's my favorite thing. Oh, I like it. I like it. Um. So something that is in your bio on Instagram is is bad Christian, <laughs> which just reminded when you said like your shirt that reminded me of that, and I just like I think that's the most fantastic title. Not I I don't like titles that much, but I think that's just like the perfect. It's a little edgy and it's a, it challenges people, but it's also like I'm here like showing up for like what I believe in and following the teachings of Jesus, not, um, not what I grew up with, which is kind of sometimes in direct opposition to that. Oh yeah. And that, and that doesn't make sense. I mean, so many, so much of like the the teaching, like the the biblical teaching I received was just like opposite of, of anything Jesus said. And Mm -hmm. and that doesn't make sense. We, We should be, if, if we want to like, call ourselves a Christian and, and, and study the Bible, we should be studying the Bible with with Jesus as the focus, right? And anything that contradicts what Jesus says, throw that shit out. It doesn't belong in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you would think so. Wow. Huh. I like this. I like this. Um, do you think... Do you think there's a, an inappropriate way or a wrong way for people to be connecting to God or do you think any path that brings you there any any path that brings you in in contact with the divine is is worthy I mean uh, it it can't be through abuse right you know we see like if we use an ancient example of like uh, in like ancient Greece there's like sex worship that's that's totally abusive okay um, like there, there are people that are like specifically there to just be used in, in sex worship and that's abusive so obviously you can't I don't believe you can you can that's a healthy way to, to reach the no, design that's like a like a power um like a power hungry sort of uh I don't know what the word I'm trying to think of is but yeah, it's a power trip, totally. Yeah. Okay, I mean, yeah, yeah, I I think that's definitely fair. Do you do you think um like I I definitely have friends, have people in my life that uh were pretty pretty strict atheists until they had some experience with hallucinogenic substances. Sure. And um after that are are much more open to defining as agnostic. Um Sure. That's a, that's a worthy route as well. You say? Yeah, totally. I mean, look at the the Native American community they, with with uh, shoot, what's the? I don't know. They did psychedelics. Thank you. Yeah, it's part of their their coming of age. They did psychedelics, and that's that's all over the place. Yeah. So as long I, as long as you're not connecting to the vine to to the divine in a way that abuses others. Then yeah. whatever whatever path you're taking to get there is is okay by you. It's totally valid. Yeah, I like that. 
I like that. Um, like, like we said earlier, truth is truth is truth is truth. <laughs> it doesn't matter who's saying. It's true. And there, there are many different ways to get to the same conclusion. And, and I believe that at the end of the day, that conclusion is, you know, we are all one and your pain is my pain and your love is my love. And we can, we're all humans and brothers and sisters and part of this collective consciousness that is here to like, yeah. move the world in a, in a good direction. Yeah. And any anyone who's on that same wavelength as me, whatever they want to call themselves and however they want to get there, I'm down. Totally. <laughs> I'm down with it. Totally. I love that. So at the beginning of this conversation, we talked about how you didn't like what people associate with the word Christian. Yeah. So if you could change that association, like what... If you could, like, you know, genie in a bottle, make a wish, from now on, someone here is Christian, give me the nutshell of what that definition is. A reflection of, of, of Jesus, a reflection of the Christ, you know, someone who is, who is advocating for, for social justice, someone who is, who is speaking for the marginalized, or speaking up for the marginalized, and who is, like, advocating for justice. No, no one is, no one is excluded it, uh, the church should should literally have open arms to, to everybody, and not just say it, but actually yeah. do it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Advocating for justice, just just like Jesus would, just like yeah. Jesus did. <laughs> yeah. Just like Jesus. One of one of my favorite authors, um, Richard Rohr. He's a um, former Catholic priest. Um, he says we would have done the world so much good if we would have spent less time trying to prove that Jesus was God and more time trying to prove that the Christ was in everything. Oh, I love And to me, that's like, you know, there's, there's this, this force for love that just exists in, in everything. Yeah. And all, in all living things. I don't think that's exclusive to humans. No, and like, no. we, that is, that is the Christ. <laughs> that is God. That, that is, is it's the... working through all of us. Yeah. We, we don't need to, to spend all of our time Shouting, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Just act like Jesus and love people. Yeah. Well, and sometimes, like, the the way to find, like, the the way to find the answer is not by, like, scrambling outward, but it's by tuning in. Oh, yeah. It's like, if you can be still and and be calm um, and be present enough with yourself to, like, like you said at the beginning of this, like, uh, deconstruct, like... Yeah. Actually look at things. Um you're gonna know right away what what swells up within you, what what it feels right and what feels like it belongs and what um should be questioned. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's so hard being from inside the church. Yeah. Because I mean I, I was taught so many times like the flesh is deceitful and like your your emotions are are, are not are not true. You got to trust God. Don't trust yourself because you're you're a big ball of sin. Well, but and God is in you. <laughs> exactly. So trusting yourself is trusting God. Yeah, we we got to separate our, ourselves from this this like idea that humans are these just pieces of shit. <laughs> and like we we have original goodness inside of us. You know, yeah. if, if we're gonna look at if we're gonna look at Genesis like it's this literal thing, God said it is very good. 
There you go. It's very good. Don't don't pick don't don't put your focus on on our goof ups because everyone's gonna goof up all the time. Yeah, of course. We have goodness inside of us. Yeah, we do. We do. Uh, how do you think? How do you think it's best to have a conversation like this or attempt to have a conversation like this? Or maybe the answer is you don't. They're not ready. Um, <laughs> like how do, how do you approach? people that that don't have the same kind of like open-mindedness about the subject as as you have developed what's the best way to talk to those people really 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 wish there was just like a straightforward awesome answer and Uh, they're so not i know tell us the secret ben (laughs) (laughs) you know i think the more that i share the more times i get called a heretic and so that just proves to me that, like, when they're drinking the Kool-Aid, they're not ready. And that's okay. Yeah. You just you just got to be the example. Yeah. And they're, they're probably going to keep calling you a heretic. Probably going to keep telling you you're going to hell. And that's okay, because they don't know. But you're right. You're right. Uh, I mean, that's that's something. I, uh, I had a lot, like, a lot of um, Christian friends when I was I actually went to, like, a predominantly Christian middle school. Um, and as one of the only kids there that wasn't like strictly religious, um, and I mean, I can't even, I can't even tell you how much, uh, I don't even, I don't even think it quite lives up to the word bullying, but how much, um, like oppression kind of came my way and, and how many, I mean, there were kids at my school that weren't allowed to talk to me and my brother because <laughs> we, we weren't Christian. And it's just like, oh, that's. That's like, and that, that was kind of, I know. And that was like sort of my first experience with Christians. Um, and then it took me, it took me a little while to come around to the idea that there might be some good ones out there. And there totally, definitely, undeniably are. Um, but I, I had to deconstruct my own like bias um, from, you know, from sixth graders telling me I was going to hell. <laughs> Man, I know I, the the feeling that like that's placed on the like eight year olds inside of the church. That's like you have a moral obligation to save your friends from eternal punishment. Oh my Go gosh! No, that's you a... can't you can't tell that to eight year olds. Oh, no, no, I don't know how. I mean, mm, I. I I was a sensitive eight-year-old. That might have just cracked me right open. Like, I can't be responsible for that. Wow. I think that you have, you've hit it on the head uh, again and again by saying, be like Jesus, don't be like Christians. Yes. (laughs) Uh, they suck, man. Jesus didn't like the, like the Jesus didn't suck. <laughs> Jesus was Jesus was great, like, <laughs> um, and I'm sure that that he wouldn't tell me that I'm going to hell. But his his followers in sixth grade thought that that was, and they didn't think that they they were encouraged to say that. So oh hell yeah, let's yeah, it's it's pretty pretty crazy and radical world that we're living in now and I I just have to say like from a personal note Ben I've I've known you for a few years now and I just like I cannot believe I I just cannot express how proud of you I am thank you (laughs) I think it is it is so incredible that you have 
taken it upon yourself to deconstruct and to um, use your faith in in a great way and to help encourage people uh, to do the same thing, whether they're faith based or not, but to to open their minds and make conscious decisions and um, and connect to divinity. However, however the hell it works. Well, thank you, buddy. I really appreciate that a lot. It means a lot. Aww. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think I, I think I said to you already, but watching the, the, the fact that you are a spiritual person who is not even vaguely religious <laughs> always weirded the hell out of me and <laughs> me, and then once I had language for my deconstruction, just excited the hell out of me. Aww. So so thank you for, for showing, showing me that, like, you can be spiritual without being religious. Yeah. you were definitely... One of the only like crisp images of that in my formation. So thank oh, you for that. Oh my god, that is so so kind of you to say thank you. Um and yeah, I, I'm just I'm doing my thing. I don't know. <laughs> I've always I mean, you know, I've I've had um you know, some some of my friends meet God through their hallucinogenic substances and some of my friends meet God through church and I usually hang out with God on my yoga mat, but um that's that's uh I have definitely always, um, well, not always, but from a young age, have uh, connected to a source of divinity, and it's always been an extremely important, uh, like, pillar for me. Um, but I have never wanted to call it religious, because uh, it's it's not an organized. Um, well, for all of the exact same reasons that we've just spent the last hour talking about. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to recap again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you can. You weren't handed a handed a rule book to to fit yourself to fit your relationship with God into. No, I wasn't, and and I am very grateful for that, and I'm um, I'm and I'm grateful that you have a uh, have allowed yourself to let the rule book go. Yes. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, let's let's wrap up here. Um, and I have I have just one more question, and it's it's a question that I ask all my guests, so it, it's kind of off topic, but. <laughs> But maybe it's not. Maybe your answer will will lead us back. We'll see. Um, and I was wondering if you have like a, a concrete, actionable trick or tip that uh, that people can use. They can apply every day um, as a practice to just feel more like capable and comfortable with their with their daily stress. Meditate, meditate, meditate. Meditate. Um, not, don't you don't gotta gotta keep our. I have this like a natural gut reaction to think of meditating as this like woo woo scary thing I'm not allowed to do. Okay. Because I'm a I'm a Christian and I was told that's woo woo and I'm not allowed to do that. But like prayer is meditation. Prayer and, is meditation. And, and taking taking a beat is is meditation. Yeah. Taking a beat to like breathe and and put your connect to your body. You know like. Take just a second. That's 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 all it really takes. And you know, there's there's psychological benefits to, to, to prayer if we'll use the same thing. Like it, it lowers lowers your stress. It it calms your nervous system. It does lots of things like that. It does. Do you want to? So who cares what you call it? Just do it. <laughs> do you want to take a moment with me now and um and maybe and maybe our listeners and and I'll I'll guide us through like a couple breaths. Yes, I would love that. <laughs> Great. All right. Um. So wherever you are right now, uh, standing up, sitting down, just see how you can how you can ground yourself. If it's just noticing how heavy 
your physical body is in your chair or your feet on the floor um, or laying in your bed. But just just connect to your grounding sensation and uh, bring it down. Maybe you can close your eyes. And without asking anything from your breath, just see if you can draw attention to it. Just notice if you're inhaling or exhaling right now. Let's go ahead and take a couple of breaths together. So gently releasing the air from your lungs. Invite a full inhale to the body through the nose. Let your rib cage expand in all four directions. And a slow exhale through the nose, feeling your body contract. Let's do two more just like that. A slow inhale. And an exhale. One more inhale. And a very intentional exhale, letting it all go. You can let the eyes reopen if you've closed them. And invite your surroundings back in. Oh. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you for that. It was your idea. <laughs> um, and, you, and you're right. You can do that every day. There is, there is no human in this world that is too busy to close their eyes and do that once a day. Yeah. Hmm. Can, can, can make all the difference in the middle of the day, you know. Going, going through a crazy, crazy rush at, at work or something, you just take half a second calm yourself so worth it it is so worth it. intentional breathing meditation prayer jesus yoga music sex it's all it's all it's all good <laughs> oh ben thank you thank you thank you for being here heck yeah thank you for having <laughs> me i really appreciate this blast oh and everyone thank you for listening and uh be sure to check out ben's poem that he's gonna send to me after we hang up um uh check out ben's poem on the blog at ourlittlecharm.com and uh thank you for for tuning in and uh for tuning in to yourself uh through our little mini meditation at the end just there a surprise meditation i will see you next time